Hello, I'm Tom. And Shay. And we're Lake Erie Dogs, and this is the Lake Erie Dog Podcast, Season 2, Episode This is part two to the Bird is the Word podcast episodes, yeah. which essentially is we're talking more about the first four weeks of owning her, which have been her eight to 12 weeks of the age. Critical period. Still within the critical period. In the last episode, we talked a little bit about what, Kay? Scheduling. We talked about potty training and layers of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much going over what our schedule was looking like, how we've been managing Birdie's freedom, and the most important thing in puppyhood is obviously potty training to a lot of people. And if you listened and you had any more questions on potty training, be sure to reach out and ask us because we would love to go over it if we don't go over it again in the next episode. Yeah. Um, Because we'll record this one. And then later on, we'll be going into Birdie's 12 to 16 weeks when she turns 16 weeks. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, maybe this might get posted in a week. We'll see. Right. Anyhow. Um, this episode is going to more emphasize on, as a trainer and doing training things, like what particular exercises, what particular things, we're most focused on her learning. Right, right? now. Right now. And we have a little list here that we're going to look over, right? Because essentially, she's too young to, like, go through the whole, our whole program process. So, we're really just laying, like, a nice, solid foundation for her right now. Mm-hmm. Like a board and train that's a little bit older or any dog that's older or has a regular owner, you might want to exp- expedite the process of training, right? Yeah. So, we're trying to go through... Food work, leash work, off-leash work, yeah. desensitization, and all these big things, and the thing that... A lot of people ask us, too, is, like, when can I get started with training? Well, you can get started the day you bring your puppy home by doing yeah. what we're about to talk about. And we, thankfully, like, I think we're about to clear out of a lot of our boarding trains, and we have the two Rottweilers in. Yeah. And I'm kind of happy about that, because at the same time, that's going to give me some space as we work through them to really emphasize on these next four four weeks which we'll talk about once we kind of conclude them um, at 16 weeks so yeah where should we start i think i want to say how important it was to just start with hand feeding yeah because she thought that was so weird you've got to think about she went from nursing on her mom to eating mush with her litter mates and then a giant bowl to starting to eat kibble from a Mm. bowl and then now we're expecting her to eat it out of our hand. Yeah. So that that's all been a really fast, really quick transition for her, and she did not know how to do it. At yeah, first. the first few days she, she was, was really like, weird. Um, then I tried like the method of throwing the piece of kibble on the floor, but I still think her like vision wasn't entirely there yet. So it was trial and error for the first few days of getting her to work for food. Now the concept of work for food is if you if you've never heard it before, um, and you're just listening for potty train. Pop, you know, training a puppy is with working for food. It's very biologically say that we're a lot biologically ingrained in her to want to do that. Okay, so the fulfilling nature of looking and scavenging for food. Yeah, because that's what her ancestors and you know, like her relatives do. Um, Foxes, wolves, coyotes—all of them are scavengers. And predatory animals that will hunt as well. Yeah. Right? So, naturally, if it's all in them, it is within our dog's brains to want to do that. That's actually how right. how initially dogs came to become domesticated. Yeah, and I want to mention, too, like, kibble is new within the last hundred years. Yes. So, the dogs have not evolved to eating kibble in that amount of time. Like, it is very convenient for mm-hmm. owners to have. 
But for most no. dogs want to search for food. They want to hunt for food. They Kibble kind of came around during that, like, World War II era of, like, right. canned food, like, you know, like, easy, processed, and, like, really developing that for the every dog on top of doing that for the everyday human right. during that time. Um, but initially, when dogs became domesticated, it was more so wolves would follow packs of humans and eat their scraps and eat their scraps and then they would just follow their camps and kind of like that's how they started becoming domesticated Mm -hmm. and they would just get like you know scraps from dinner and that kind of thing quite literally so what i'm trying and that created relevance to the human that Mm -hmm. it created that the wolf engaging with the human Right? right? So, naturally, that's where I'm going to start with birdie training rise. It's like, I would just want to create this natural engagement of you get fed through working for it, and from I have me. it, and it comes from me. Right. right? We definitely have external rewards coming from different places at different times for particular things we're trying to train. But that's kind of the gist of it right now of just, even if you're just hand feeding, you're creating that relevance to you. Yeah, we start everybody Mm -hmm. off on that with training is hand feeding. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to start for any new relationship or you could have had your dog for years. That's a great place to be like, all right, we're we're starting a new way of life together and Mm -hmm. I'm going to hand feed you. And we're pretty successful at getting a lot of owners with dogs even up to like four, seven years old. Yeah. You know, to switch that narrative and like start. Yep. implementing that so Hand birdies on that first. now um it's rare that it's coming out of a bowl directly as just like a pile of food yeah it's um, very rare it's coming from all different places okay so we're going to kind of start talking about like biological needs with this hand feeding is one of them mm-hmm. playing tug is another biological fulfilling exercise to a dog where you're literally letting them bite fight for a toy and that kind of stuff And we'll talk about, like, the levels of toys as we kind of go into this. Mm -hmm. But the idea is if you don't express these biological needs out of your your puppy and you work with it in a place that you like to see it, you're going to see those behaviors come out in places that you don't like to see it. Right. What were you going to I just think, like, adding to that, like, you will see them where you don't want to see them. So we play tug with Birdie. I rarely have her trying to nip at my clothes or anything like that if I play tug with her. She doesn't really scavenge too much because we really have her scavenge for her food yeah. when we're not hand feeding her. You know, we, we use these ways of interacting with her to help the behaviors of a puppy subside. Yeah, 100% where a lot of people are like, hey, my puppy now jumps on me and they're usually biting people's arms. We get a lot of over. like, the puppy's biting, we don't want it to be a behavior we see in adulthood mm-hmm. where it, that's not necessarily something that's, your dog's not going to, because yeah. it's biting you as a puppy isn't growing up to bite people. Yeah. They might be mouthy, yes. And but, teething's another factor yeah. with like that fulfilling that bite. But it's a puppy bite. behavior. They're yeah. using their mouth. and we Fighting is a behavior right. out of dogs, right? <laughs> she does it. When she doesn't want to go inside yet, she'll just, like, play bow at me and growl. And, like, and, I'm fight, like, yeah. and fight me yeah. a little bit. I love it. Um, you know, like, playing, tr- chasing games, scavenging for food, all those kind of different things. Mm-hmm. So, starting with the hand feeding was the big thing with the food. Right. Um, and then we can do a treat chasing game where, essentially, like, I was teaching her how to lure. Right? Yeah. And she chases the treat. That's another way of just, like, keeping it simple and not yeah. getting into much of the science of the training. But, like... Hey, just like you chase a rabbit, you have to chase the food around my, you know. My hand's going to move with food in it. And Mm. when you catch it, I'll give you the food. And that's usually where all people get with their food training. Quite honestly, they'll like just be stuck at luring their dog all the time. And they're like, my dog knows sit, but then they're holding their hand up to their chest. And like the next step of that is where she's at. Now we're, we're seeing her like free shape behaviors. Yeah. I think this is so fun to watch her like think. Yes. And like what is going to get me the food. And Mm. she goes through like a... A bunch of behavior. She'll get frustrated and bark at me, and then she'll finally do the down and give me eye contact, mm-hmm. and I yes and feed. Yeah, that's where we're at now, and it's just really cool to see how this where we're talking about we started is getting her to learning. Like she, we're teaching yeah. her how to learn. Essentially, you're like doing the meeting the biological needs. Like you got that. And then, like, when you go to the tug, you got the flirt pole, right? right? Like, I'm just, like, thrash on it all you want. Fight it all you want. Or whether that be... Um, on the flirt pole, we use the Squishy Face 2.0 um, on Amazon. It has pretty good 
soft enough things for a puppy to bite. Yeah. But if you were to try to pick out a tug or something, I would highly suggest like very soft, like probably even the ones that kind of look like. Where the, did we get those Gappy products? Gappy or Jolly? That Gappy. Gappy Hallmark Canine. Hallmark so, like, Canine has puppy specific. The yeah, blue which tug are like that we got with the with the handle on, the long handle. Is it floor pull? No, it's like a long. It's the blue fabric and then it's got a long yeah on it. so it's like a very softer tug there's yeah. like they have like little you kits. just don't want Maybe hard ones for link. their teeth right now yeah you can add a link for that one in like the squishy sure face. i can we're Why gonna not? i want to give them a look we'll try we'll try if not find it yourself or just um, message me and i'll send it to you yeah <laughs> so there are some like good tug of war kits for a puppy on yeah. ones you should buy hallmark okay. canine like pieces of leather Right, mm -hmm. but if you don't buy something fancy, you could use just like a bathroom towel that you're like over and let it be just that like a towel. Dish towel. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave that towel laying around. So these toys only come out specifically yeah. to interact it with us. That the tug of war toys, yes. yeah. Because if you leave that towel laying around, she's gonna. It's gonna be hard for her to differentiate. Like, is this your t-shirt or my tug towel? Right? right. Is this a sock or my tug towel? Right. Um, even other towels, like you might run into that issue and you just have to say like, okay, this only comes out here and then eventually we'll move to something a little more normal. Appropriate. Um, don't leave the towel in the X pen as we talked about the particular toys they have in the X pen. We yeah. can try to take a picture of like, these are the ones that Birdie has, mm -hmm. um, to kind of go further with Once those toys. Once you can't tear off yeah. essentially is what it is. Because there is that gnawing and there is that chewing and that's what those X-Pen toys do. Yeah. Is they give that, again, they're meeting that biological behavior where they're like, my puppy chews on like the wooden legs of a chair. Because they like hard they toys. Ch yeah, they They're chewing chew. on something softer like my pillows. Like mm -hmm. they want to chew something soft. So what there's the gauge. What is it called gauge. like when people stop smoking they chew gum for the... Fixation. Oral fixation. Oral fixation. Yeah. I think that's very real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Griffin's starting to suck his thumb versus, like, Passy. That's right. an oral fixation. Right. Um, so. Because they, they come from suckling, yeah. and mm -hmm. now Chewing. they don't have yeah. that, so. And there are some dogs that will still suckle in that same kind of manner. Right. So, chewing is obviously a very big thing, and also, um, a lot of people emphasize on the walk with older dogs but then their puppy can't walk right now and that's where like free roaming and smelling the grass getting used to smells and interacting with your environment mm -hmm. let them just explore right right all of those things will matter to where if you are meeting these needs right mm -hmm. you know again like the i think it makes things not novel as well yeah like explore the world and get used to it so that and usually i'm doing that on the retractable with the harness yeah right as i said so she gets space and, like, you're not going for a walk up and down the sidewalk right now. It's more like, There's let's no go to a field and let you smell around. Let's walk around in the backyard or the front Explore yard. Explore stuff. Yeah. And um, I'd rather be doing that than trying to be like, hey, learn how to walk at four feet next to me and keeping her tethered and not interacting with the world. Right. Because if I meet that need, and then when I need her to walk when she's older... Yeah. She's like, I she's know already, how the roses smell. Right. She's already explored yeah. that tree. She yeah. knows what grass smells like. Mm -hmm. She knows what, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. I didn't think um, about that. We, when we took um, a dog to Cracker a couple weeks ago, what did I guess it was last week? Mm -hmm. We put, we brought her and we just brought the harness and the retractable. She didn't go for a full walk, but right. I certainly let her explore some of Cracker Park. She got, like, we don't have grates at our house. She got to walk over grates. I, I closed a big dumpster. She wouldn't see mm -hmm. that here. We walked through a parking garage. Mm -hmm. So all those things. All those exposure yeah. things. We're going to get really into those like 12 to 16 weeks. Right, but right? she's not walking in a perfect heel, yeah. heel through these Yeah, things. exactly. It's like free roam, but be respectful. There's not people around. There's not other dogs around for to her interact to, to interact with. If that's the case, I'm usually picking her up. That's socialization. Yeah. Like, she can see those things, but, like, I pick her up so she doesn't, like, chase and run towards right. people. I feel like socialization is completely its own podcast. Yeah. I can go on about Yeah, again, yeah, that's where, like, the, full, for the 12 to 16, 16 weeks, weeks, that's where we're going to emphasize all that stuff and probably yeah. do, like, a two-parter there, too. Plus, she um, can't get sick right now. Yeah, so you don't want to, like, overexpose them because they'll get sick. Yeah. Um, which is a true concern. 
but at the same time, find places that are a little bit cleaner, safer, safer, um, concrete areas, parking lots, usually like are yeah. safer spaces, not places where a lot of dogs roam oh, yeah. and go because they do spread. And you can, and socialization still counts as like carrying her around through those things. Like yeah. she has to see them, not necessarily interact with them. Yeah. But anyways, we're talking about food. Um, yeah. So food's. That's a topic, but the idea is we were just kind of going over biological behaviors, the working for food, the playing tug, the exploring the environment, Mm -hmm. all of those things, if I give her to them, you know, and she sees that I am going to give them to her, Yeah, that's going to lower her stress levels as we go to expose her and see all these other things because she's going to be a little bit more reeled in to me and and like those behaviors are decreased. And as we start adding tools into the picture too, because mm. right now we're not using any leash pressure at all. She has yeah. no idea what that is. And yeah, that's all. Food is a tool, but we really mm. don't have any no yet yeah. too much. So we the, have a lot of yes. A lot of yes, and that's how it should be. Right. Like you got to teach how to do behaviors before you teach them how to not do behaviors. Right. right? Show them what you want in the world. And the more you reward it, the better it'll be, and then you'll be correcting yeah. things less. I think that's a big philosophy yeah. of ours, of Lake Erie Dogs in general. That's how we even start out our boarding trains. Positive first, is yeah. Positive first. Like, we have to show them. We we come mm. into the picture like they don't know anything. Yeah. That's how Birdie is right now. She knows nothing. Yeah. And we just are going to teach the behaviors. And then once she knows them, once they know them, through the leash, through the food, through all of that, then we can start correcting them but yeah right now she doesn't know anything so yeah just i rather sh- her everything you manage right that's where as we went in the last podcast about keeping her crated and those kind of things like those are managed you're tools. doing that so they can't make wrong choices and so that you could teach yes and control right. everything because if we let her yeah. out and she just self-fulfilled by like chewing a wire mm-hmm well, that was fun, and she did that again. on her own. I'm going to try and do that again. But mm-hmm. with the way that we live with her, she doesn't even get the opportunity to make those choices. Yeah. Once you people... get away with the behavior once, you're going to try it again. Yeah, it worked You're going to try them. it again. It worked. Yeah. Until it like, doesn't work. Criminals, and... like, hey, robbing someone worked, and I got away with it. I'm going to do it again. And they keep doing it, then until eventually they, they go until they get caught and go to jail for, you know, 20 years. And then they're 20 like, years. <laughs> well, for like... They get rehabilitated. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, well, I've yeah. learned my lesson. I'm not going to do that anymore, right? Right. Um, but the idea is we're trying to just teach her like a more, mm-hmm. hey, man, if you work hard for a living, you don't have to go pickpocketing people. There's ways you can make money and work for it in a lot right. healthier way. And she can have positivity in a lot better way than self-fulfilling mm-hmm. in ways that we don't want her to. So exactly. she doesn't even know the bad behaviors. Like She's no. not picking up the bad habits because we're not letting her. And those... Things that we're seeing as bad behaviors. That's just being an animal. Right. We're not saying they're bad. They're yeah. just... She doesn't know what a cord is. She's just like, here's this stringy thing. I want to bite it. Yeah. Right? When we're moving our arms around, she's like... they Our arms look like... And legs look like living creatures of their own right? to a puppy. Like a bunny that's It looks like, away. you know, your arms are... They're as big as like a... A creature that she's going to chase down in the future or something like that. So when your feet are moving around or your hands and stuff, it's expected they're going to bite because there's movement there, right? Yeah. Like, so the big idea is put those biological things that the dog needs to do into place. Be proactive. I mean, that's all we're really doing is being Enrichment games. Like, a dog's going to scavenge around your house. They're going to, outside, they're going to sniff around, want this, like, looking for things. See what they can get. So we have like a little fish um, snuffle mat for her, right? right? If I put that nose to work in the snuffle mat, if we put her nose to work in stuffing her treats in a Kong or something yeah. and hiding it, right? All of those things are going to put those behaviors in a good place and you should see them reduce till you start teaching. Right. Right? Um, cool. Just being that. proactive on the behaviors. Yeah. And we use food to our advantage. Yeah. And my biggest lesson in all of that is remember, this is what they need to do. Right. Like, this is what they are. This is what a dog is. And if you're going to deny that, you are going to struggle. Yeah, don't humanize the dog. Yeah. But don't, like, tell them no for everything because right. they don't know what no means. And you're going to fail at telling them no and they're going to be doing yeah. it anyhow. And, like, we right. get frustrated. Yeah. Like, there's moments because she doesn't know no. Yeah. There are moments where I do say no just naturally. I'm like, no, don't do that. Where right. when I see her jumping... 
at the like X pen. I'm trying to stop that behavior. I think that's Tom's yeah. biggest pet peeve is this. And we'll get into yes and no. Or yeah. this is a good time to transition to it. Yeah. Because training at its simplest, simplest core, I believe, like if you were to describe training in one sentence, it's teaching a dog yes and no. Yeah. Right? Like so, we're finding all these ways to teach yes, right? Yeah. If I see her go on the, if I see her do a behavior on her own that I like, I'm rewarding it. Right. I'm rewarding it. And that structured time To out. make that behavior happen more, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if I see any choices, they call it free shaping, where it's like if you see a dog run to the bed and get on it, you say yes, you don't necessarily show them how to do it. That's how some people do it. Yeah. You could also lure versus free shaping. Luring is luring the dog onto the bed and you showing them how to get on the bed and you rewarding it. And free shaping would be, I see the dog do the behavior themselves and I reward it. Okay. So I'm doing a mix of both. Tell me what this is. So you lured down and taught her how to down on all four legs, right? But now she knows that position and she gets rewarded for that position whenever she does it. Mm -hmm. So am I necessarily free shaping when she goes through all of the behaviors and then goes into a down and I yes that down? Um, Like in our evening playtime? Essentially, that's that's her being operant. That would be her trying to... And that's, yeah, free shaping. In my free shaping sessions, whether it be with the treat trainer or whatever, it's typically like her figuring out what to do. What her right. is going to get her the reward. If I'm luring it and I've lured it a lot. Yeah. Right. What What's happening there is I did teach the behavior. I fully so taught it. Just being I obedient. didn't free shape it. Now she's being like, does awesome. this get me a reward? Right. Does this give me a reward? And that's what you want. A little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Um, but back to yes. Right. Right. We can't just feed her the food. Right. right. She has to do something to get it. Not so much, yeah. Things simpler, just the yes marker. Oh, okay. Right. So, all beings learn by association. Right. right? We see the sun out. That means it's going to be a nice day outside. Right? You see um, it's cloudy and snow. It's going to be cold outside. Right? Mm -hmm. If a dog hears a knock, they know a person's coming through. So, the dog gives a... They have associated it so many times that now the dog has a instinctual reaction and a wired reaction to bark you hear a knock you bark right um one of the first psychology experiments was through a dog a scientist named pavlov essentially found the guy who started it all yeah there's mixed stories about it like um you know there's simple ways to explain the psychology here and more complicated i like the idea of pavlov had an assistant that would feed the dog that he was doing experience on every night yeah and the assistant would walk into the shop, which had a shop bell on the door. So essentially what I mean by that is, is back in the day when a door opened, a bell rang. Because the bell was there, tied off at the top, and the door hit it. Right. right. And then dog didn't care about the bell. Dog just cared about once that person scooped the food and showed them the food, the dog started drooling at that moment. Hey, there's my food. Cool. Right. I see that food. I'm going to eat it. And eventually, Pavlov started to realize the dog began to get more excitable about dinner time sooner than seeing the food. Right. So essentially, it was before they were even scooping the food to put it in a bowl. He was salivating. He was salivating. And really? like they were like, why is this happening? And the dog associated that shop bell like another dog would associate a bar- uh, knock, right? The dog associated the shop bell to indicate it was dinner time. So Whereas a knock like indicates layering yeah. over top of one another. Yeah, they could be chained together over yeah. time. Right? I love every time I've heard Tom tell this story or this mm. whatever it is millions of times. <laughs> he probably tells every owner in the yeah. first lesson, but every time I hear it, it's just so encouraging for the way that we train dogs and the way mm. that our program is set up because we are literally layering constantly. Yeah. We start at a at a an associative level with yes and mm-hmm. food and we just constantly layer over top mm-hmm. of that and I wish more owners understood where we could convey that in a better way because I feel like they could use the training in yeah. their day-to-day lives and most mm-hmm. do but so much more yeah. like you can what we what we provide in the board and train 
is a base layer to like make life with your dog because you can mm-hmm. just continue to associate things in day-to-day life mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing with birdie right now is just associating yes to food mm-hmm. and chardity is very quick right. like it's a reflexive response yeah. she can't even control herself when she hears yes she turns yeah. around so i say yes feed so yes just perked up. feed and i'm you sit he's laying here watching and hears us talking about so i do the yeses right and then usually the first behavior i'll teach out of teaching yes would eventually be like teaching how to recall right, right? and then the body orientation. So, yeah so essentially what happens is once we get a dog to hear the word yes and we charge that word so you say yes feed and you're going to do this for like a week two mm-hmm. weeks i'm still doing it there's just sessions of where i'm saying yes feed right yeah. not even teaching sit not even do teaching you think down. that's beneficial to people like continuously to just yes and feed sometimes sometimes yeah 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 just sometimes that free you did it or yeah. you here you go right hear the word here's some food yeah hear exactly the word, you're associating mm-hmm. so the dog's brain releases dopamine once you charge that word meaning like happy feel good feeling that kids feel on christmas yeah. morning in anticipation to open up their gifts their dopamine goes on a huge high when your phone dings and you can't look up at it your dopamine is riding till you open it up and look at it. When right. you see the FedEx guy, your dopamine releases till you open up your package. It's not when you open it, it's the anticipation yeah. of it happening. Yeah. So when I, I say yes, really she's anticipating food. She's like, right. where's my food? Right? Yeah. And she kind of hops around you until you give it to her. Yeah, exactly. So we just want to associate that. And what happens is the brain is going loves dopamine and the brain is going to do what means more dopamine dopamine has huge studies especially when it comes to gamblers yeah um it's a drug yeah so essentially i want to release the dopamine anytime birdie does a good behavior because the brain's going to say go there more do more of that we're birdie's drug dealers yeah essentially (laughs) dealing out her dopamine yeah right um so that's all i look for out of that with that I just want to release dopamine when she goes to make a good choice, mm-hmm. right? And show her I got food for her. And then her brain's going to say, right choices, right choices, right choices. I got rewarded because that's a right choice. Yeah. Right? We're not running around going, bad choices, bad choices. No, 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 no. How am I going to tell my dog no? And eventually I'm yelling yeah. at her. We do a lot of the resetting yeah. for that. But yeah. We talked about that in the last exactly. podcast. But I'm also avoiding situations by pulling her away and messing her won't. with food over here. Oh, you smell the trash. Hey, come here, come here, come here. Yes, feed. Yeah, right? you don't know? give her a chance to access the best Exactly, choice. exactly. You're trying to manage them by showing right choices and boundaries, right? Yeah. Um, don't you think it's cool to see a dog in such a pure form? Be- like, obviously, Birdie knows nothing, right? Yeah. She's purely an animal who mm-hmm. has not experienced yes and good in very many situations. We keep her pretty bubbly up. Mm-hmm. So don't you think it's cool as a dog trainer to see that? Like, in its purest form. Yeah. And see how we literally are manipulating the way that she is Yeah, not tainted, because usually owners are not... We get dogs and they already have, like... They have issues because the way the owner responded to these behaviors. They associated. Right? The way the owners associated the behaviors or lack of showing that guidance and that association. So, essentially, yeah. I mean, it's very cool because she... Watching her learn. sharp. She is sharp. Um, so I teach yes, right? And then yes and food is my big way. Yes and toy is my big way. Yes and praise. Anything we could say yes for, we want to. And if you don't have a treat on you, you could praise her for it and throw a big parade. Yeah. Or like have a toy or something like that. We want to just keep creating that association. Like mm-hmm. if you make a right choice, I'm going to reward you for it, right? And that's basis in life. Like I'll do more of that if it's rewarding to me. Right. 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 Um, and then there's obviously no, which is a struggle for a lot of owners right now in puppyhood. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways I'd go about doing that. Mainly my first way would be using a water spray bottle or like a squirt gun or mm-hmm. like a water spray bottle in that like direct projectile spray squirt. Gun. Yeah. Um, kind of like shocking. Just exactly. Just knocks it out of her. So when Birdie's jumping on the X-Pen, we say no and we spray her. Yeah. Right? We... Yes has a physical association of food and no has a physical action of don't do that. Right. Right. 
Um, we can't just say those words and expect a result. Because essentially no is just a stern sound. She has no idea. Mm -hmm. We have to associate that no sound to something. Mm -hmm. And right. dogs are physical creatures. Like physical interaction, phys physical learning is how they do things. Yeah. Not by verbal. They don't sit in a classroom and listen to a teacher all day. Right. Right? Um, the way we do it and the way we teach her is through physical interaction. Mm -hmm. So... I physically mark yes and reward her with something physical, like food. the food, the praise, the toy, right? right? And when I say no, I need to do the same. Whether I say no and reset her like I talked about and like when she's running around yeah. and she keeps you going towards the trash. You pick her up and put her somewhere yeah, else. I physically change the picture, right? Redirect. Redirect. Course correct. Course correct. Course correct. So many words. Um, I like course correcting because it's like reset the course. Right? Yeah. Um. So I could say no and course correct. I could say no and spray her with some sort of like water spray bottle. Pet corrector. The pet corrector is a good one. That's pretty strong for a puppy. Yeah. You have to be particular. Like how far gone is the dog with this behavior to snap them out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's scary too. Like if the dog's in high adrenaline and it's an intense behavior, yes, a pet corrector would be more suitable than a water spray bottle. Um, another one is sound. Finding some way of like... That's why the Caesar thing, the works. Works. He's not saying no. It's like sharp sound. So if you can't do that sound or like, hey, you know, something sharp, I would suggest like a bottle with pennies in it. Shake it yeah. really hard. Right? Yeah. Something like that because the dog doesn't understand the sounds you're making. So a sharp sound is it pretty physical. stops the behavior. Yeah. That's the essential thing is. Yeah. It has to stop whatever they're doing. So if the water spray bottle didn't stop the behavior, the pet corrector should. Right. If the shaking the pennies doesn't stop the behavior, the water spray bottle should. Right? right. So essentially the shaking the sound should be your least corrective. Right? And sometimes our body language of just saying no and walking into their space or like taking that thing away. Yeah. Right? Because that's a correction. Like, no, you don't get to have that. Right? No, I'm taking your bike away. So you're, because you didn't do your chores. Right. Right? Um... So you're just taking that thing away and the dog's going to be like, oh, wow, I don't get to I have lost that. It. Another way that was a fun way to teach her no was restraining her from something, right? So essentially when we went to Carol's, Carol leaves the cat food out. My grandma. Yeah, sorry. Kate's grandma. <laughs> grandma Carol. Uh, when we go to Grandma Carol's, the cat food's out. So the first time I brought Birdie over there, I, I hung out with her by the cat food Making sure I was, like, just enough to where she couldn't get to it. and But she was, like, close enough to where I want to pull towards it. Yeah, this it. was really cool to see because this is how it mm. ended. And I just stood there and kept saying, no, no, no. And all the while, she can't get to it. Yeah, and eventually she gave up. And she if did. I keep, I kept saying no throughout that process till she finally gave up, and then I stopped saying no. You let her go and she ignored yeah. it. And then eventually, like, if I, and the goal is by doing that, like, if you say no against, like, sniffing something too much, they should lift up their nose and stop. Okay. Right. Or just realize, like, that's just it not It took a, a couple times, but yeah, she definitely stopped cool doing it. So, finding ways to properly tell your dog no. Yeah. And find your ways Age to... appropriately. Yeah, properly tell your dog yes. Right? Mm -hmm. If your yes is too exciting and you have too high value of treats, it could be, like, working against you that's why we right? just use our kibble yeah that's why we just use our kibble so teaching yes and no you need a physical way to say yes so every time your dog's coming in from the backyard yes and feed yes and feed yes and feed every time your dog's jumping no that's not the behavior i want i'm gonna push you know i'm gonna knee use off my you. hip and push you off me yeah so every time there's a physical like i don't like that there's yeah. a way to say that dogs right? read Probably. body language you just have uh -huh. to be consistent about it mm -hmm. so Physical ways of saying yes and no are more important than verbally saying it. Yeah. And if you're verbally saying yes or no paired with your physical, yeah. so yes, here's food, no, here's a correction, those words will become meaningful, I promise. Yeah. Like, you... it's it's just a matter of time and repetition of doing that, where a lot of people struggle because they sit there and they go, no, no, knock it off, nagging. don't have this, stop doing that, and they get louder and they yell at their dogs, and then the dog's like, I don't know why you're yelling at me, and There's then like so the owner sounds. yells for six months, and the, then they're like, my dog doesn't listen to me, I need training, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so you want to teach that yes and no, and that was like primary. That's really like all know. you've been doing besides 
and those first couple weeks in birdie. Yeah. So another thing, the way I charge yes of associate the sound with the food, you know, say yes, feed, say yes, feed, is I'll have sessions of where I'm simply saying birdie, feed, birdie, feed, birdie, feed. And those started off first. Those were like, Probably. I did that before yes. Yeah. Like I would say on those first couple of days, it was more important. That way, because when they hear yes and they're at a distance, like Case said, Snow's ears perked up. Yeah. It becomes like a call to attention, right? Yeah. And that way I can make the name a call to attention and the dog actually yeah. understands their name. We started waiting for her to give us eye contact yeah. with her name. Yeah. And we built eye contact. Um, you might make like a little reel or video or something of like the food luring. Yeah. It's kind of tough to explain. Um, but ideally is I started showing Birdie how her nose follows my hand. And because then we went into tree training. Yeah. Right. Um, food training. So essentially we talked about last time about the lever levels of freedom. Yeah. And this is structured timeout would be me doing this food work. Right. Yeah, and Birdie, working her. food, birdie food. Yes, yes food, food. Yes, food. food. And then we can get into yeah. her following the hand. Yeah. And rewarding with positions. Because then she's engaging with. She's yeah. like, hey, you got food. I know you have something for me. And, and it like, comes from your hand. So she's like attentive. And then I'm like, okay, let's start showing her things. Yeah. Some things I do is like to teach a dog how to spin left and right. Right. We're showing her how to position into a heel. We're showing her how to do the middle. Down. Down. Sit. Sit. Eye contact. Yeah. Right. And it's only, she's only 12 weeks mm -hmm. old. And I'm not so saying the you, words, no, people. No, we're not saying words at all. There's yeah. no commands. This is just showing her positions with yeah. your hand. So when people... Not even staying. Not even staying or holding them, just getting into them with her body mm -hmm. and showing her that we can kind of manipulate her with our hands and mm -hmm. she'll get rewarded when she goes into those positions. Mm -hmm. And this is so... I think this is so cool to watch you do because I don't know how many times we've been asked, when can I start training my dog? Yeah, you can the do it right away. come home. But it's like you have to know what you're doing properly. You have to properly. be age appropriate. Mm -hmm. and, and have expectations. The big thing that we're doing, all of this is shaping the behaviors that we want to see. Shaping our commands, right? But we're not commanding or saying them. No. I'm just saying, or even asking them to stay or hold it. Right. Good is a whole other thing, which we could tap on for like two minutes. But essentially, you show her how to go in the position. Yes, her out of the position. And the idea is in dog training, I need to make sure the dog can do the command and the physical action first before I want to name it. Right. Right. So you so, teach a dog how to do a down before yeah. ever saying down. Yeah. Like even whether it be a board and train and I'm teaching it through the leash or it's birdie and I'm teaching it through food as a puppy or even teaching a, like I did food work with Hobbs today, the, the rot. Yeah, right. Like I got, I, I was down. doing the same way I did it with birdie. Right. So you have to make sure the dog could go into the down. You got to make sure the dog could go into the sit or do the action of coming when, like, you know, oh. the motion of coming when called before you want to name it. Because if you don't have a way to show them to do it after you name it, then the sound you are making is meaningless. Like yeah. I said, here's a little bit more way of you're looking at that association of yes and food. Yes, I produce the food. That's simple, right? Right. But... A command, and then I produce you making that action of that command. I say it once and make it so, right? Mm -hmm. That's where you're going to really teach a dog how to listen to commands well. It's like I say it once, and I know all the actions and all the physical ways to show you to make that command happen. Right. Right? Because but we want already do it, taught you. Yeah. We want to do it backwards where you're physically showing them. Right. All of that stuff. And then we'll go to command it once we've done it a hundred times. And you right. see me starting the... Like, this is how you go into down. I'm starting to crouch and push into you. The dog drops into a down then before I can finish. Then you would say down then? I would probably start getting into, or you know, you know what I'm asking of you. With your body language. And, like, I've seen you kind of reflexively respond to the motion I'm doing. Like, when we hang the leash down and we go to press her foot on the leash to pressure into that down... A lot of dogs, when you go to hang that leash... They're already going. They're downing because that's the signal to say... This is the physical thing I'm about to ask you to do. Right. Right? Where sometimes even just like raising your hand up quick, yeah. you usually get a dog to sit. Right. right? So there's cues that she's catching on to. And if they're finishing off those physical cues and yeah. giving you the response you're looking for. Right. Then I would say it's charged. I know. The dog knows what 
what to do and now we can name it and pair the word like we pair yes and food. Yeah. I think working with Birdie has made me a better dog trainer in just a mm. short amount of time because I'm so knowledgeable in particular about my body cues. Mm. Like when I taught Duke down, mm-hmm. I was so particular about the way I was doing it because I'm seeing how she's catching on yeah. to those things. And we get very floppy with the puppy, like people do. Yeah. When you're trying to like play with the puppy, you're, you're like, like I'm trying to repeat, teach repeat, it repeat. sound and I'm trying to teach it down or say it. You're saying the words. You're like, come on, come on. Let's sit down, down, whatever the dog name is. Like, slow yourself down and just physically try to be like, how can I teach them how to do this with my hand, food in my hand? Yeah. Right? In the cleanest way possible. Birdie's first downs were, I sat on the ground. I don't know how to explain this. Like. You sat on the ground with your legs Yeah. So my foot flat, like. Your knee bent. My knee so bent. she could go under your knee. Yeah, so kind of like she had to crawl underneath my knee to learn how to physically drop down and kind of army crawl under. Yeah. Because I was struggling at just straight up showing her what a down should look taking like. taking the lure away and then feeding it. Yeah, then I started fading out my leg. And then I was like, okay, you're doing it now. Yeah. Right? So there's that process there. Another thing we got to in this first 12 weeks is teaching the word good. We did a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Good is our stay. We teach it on the bed or a platform or just, just I mean, That's just a square start. place, right? Yeah. That's where we start. And like Kay was saying, like everything really layers on over each other and, and becomes full behavior. Good can come off the platform yeah. and you can yeah. start teaching com- positions on with good stay. on how to stay off the platform. Yeah. So essentially we're taking her, I guide her onto the bed, I lure her on the bed, and I just keep feeding her on the bed at first. Like a dancing bear. I'm just like feeding, feeding feeding and she's like okay well i get fed on this thing so sometimes she starts to default to it i didn't name like the same thing with yes i didn't say yes till i started seeing her take the food out of my hand um until i started seeing stability out of me just feeding her in the same spot then you started saying good then i started saying good and good is gonna build our stay and also build our bed command and also help us form like i don't believe a dog knows a command unless they can hold it I honestly don't. When people tell me, my dog knows it. My dog knows down. I'm like, how long? What if this happens? Are they holding that down? And they're like, no. And I'm like, your dog doesn't know it. Like all our board and trains hold it down no matter what. Yeah, you're you're good at getting your dog into the position, but you're not good at getting them to hold it, right? They don't really know the full picture of it until they can be released from it. Yeah, they don't get the full picture of stay. That's the problem is a lot of people don't really teach what stay means. And that's what good is doing. Good is meaning if you stay on this position, you're going to keep getting rewarded. Yeah. I always use the example of old people that go gambling and play on slot machines, right? Right. They'll go there a Sunday morning and stay there all day, even if it's just penny slots, because they're being rewarded. Right. You know, even if it's like they pulled that slot 10 times and it didn't release till that 10th time. Essentially, we make dogs dopamine addicted. And that's what... People who gamble are, they're addicted to the dopamine they get. Mm-hmm. Like, you can talk to a gambler and say, how much did you win today? Well, I came out even, or I I lost 20 bucks, or whatever. I lost, like, $400. But I had a great time. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah. And that's honestly what we're doing to dogs, yeah. is we're making them addicted to the dopamine hit that we mm-hmm. provide them through the food work. Eventually, mm-hmm. slowly, you fade that out and make the goods longer and fewer between mm-hmm. but they're gamblers yeah they're waiting for that next dopamine hit yeah so i mean it's the anticipation it's, a really cool it's the anticipation it's of a the very right. cool way to train an yeah. animal i think so teaching this day is like through the good is essentially what we're doing we have youtube videos what's on that, the other on like route of like i feel like it's punishment like this is the route of like positively reinforcing a behavior like to teach stay? Yeah. Um, so you're just saying like this is the positive way to teach stay? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, 100%. The other way would be obviously using leash and applying pressure, not punishment so okay. much to say. Um, but a lot of people just sit there hovering over their dogs and they can't like Make actually build the stay. Yeah. And when you show the dog you'll be rewarded in position, mm-hmm. it gets, then we build up into holding it in the position. Right. Right. But right now I just want to show her you stay on this little platform. I'll reward you there and you'll stay there longer. And her sustaining that concept of this is how to stay. It's the concept of stay we're teaching through good. How long do you think her stay sessions are right now? They're super quick. 
Yeah, they're like three minutes long. Right. She's like three staying. minutes of good, good, good. Yes, you're off the bed. Good, good. Um, I would say I could space up the goods up to like four seconds. Five okay. seconds. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the crazy. expectation that people need to have it yeah age. the duration will build and that will be the first thing we work on and you're not making distance or anything no distance no i'm hovering over and no intent distractions when i'm teaching good because again we want to really build strong fundamentals mm-hmm. i was talking to another owner and we i work gab i work um i think gabby was who I was talking about sorry who i talked to but um, Birdie, I've only worked her primarily in the living room yeah. and in the front yard, areas she knows very well. And we took her out for, like, her first time to see the world and, like, going to Petiti's, going to, like, some different places yesterday. And her fundamentals were good. Yeah. Like, yes was very charged was to where no matter what the distraction was, if I said yes, she turned around, flew back, came and grabbed a treat from me, right? Yeah. And that's what you want to do is you want to build such strong fundamental. So don't get too concerned about practicing out in public, pushing it, having friends over, or building commands. Just, like, simply build this strong yes and no foundation yeah. and learn how to stay. And then that stuff's going to really develop, and we'll get into some cool stuff in the next few weeks because of it because of it because of it um that's the name of the game yeah so meet their biological needs through food right and play and play and like knowing and having being humbled that they're an animal that's learning how to live inside the our world okay where they're going to express themselves those behaviors will come out the best way to do it is not so much correct it but fulfill it right amen so do that first correct Fulfill it. Don't correct it. I Fulfill it, it first and then don't, you know, like we'll as you teach it. Correcting. Yeah. And then we can get to correcting, right? Um, simply teaching yes and no, mm-hmm. right? And that working for food concepts is pretty big. I mean, that's like her structured time. That's been time her out. last four weeks, essentially. So pairing with the last podcast, there's the cray time. There's the expend time where she has her own things to do. Like, that's where the treat puzzles come in and, yeah. like, the mats and everything. Those are times for her to kind of be on her own and maybe self-fulfill. Um, the structured timeout is essentially what we've talked about for, for the past today. 40 minutes today. Um, about that food work, that play, all that kind of stuff. And then freedom is really, like, nothing's out. There's no real toys. It's you kind of just... Letting her interact with the world. With the environment. environment yeah. And like doing Navigating it safely. Navigating her cha- choices. Right. And limiting those choices. Like I said, we clean up very good when we give that freedom time. Right? It's honestly like a whole mm-hmm. house refresh when Birdie, mm-hmm. it's Birdie 30. Yeah. Birdie's 30 <laughs> minutes out. Right? Yeah. We didn't even talk about Birdie 30. Birdie 30 is essentially Structured like. Structured time out. Yeah. That's like her freedom time where I'm like 30 minutes wet max. If you've been following us on Instagram, yeah. you'll see me doing like it's Birdie 30. Yeah. And she gets 30 minutes of her time out. Yeah, and that 30 minutes could is a combination of, like, that structured and freedom and going potty. Mm-hmm. Like, I would start it with the potty time. I would work her training-wise with everything I talked about in this one. Yeah. Then I would, like, take her out potty again and then give her freedom. Right. And then after that freedom, some expen time. Right. It could go from 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half maybe sometimes with the expen time and all that added up. But, like... We're not timing it. We're not giving her and hours out of the crate, out of the X-Pen, interacting with us where a lot of bad things will occur if you give them too much freedom. Yep. Right? This goes for a new dog, puppy, older, everything. Everything. Yeah. So, whatever else we didn't cover that you want to hear or you've seen us working on with her, yeah. please let us know and we'll make sure we get it covered. We didn't talk about the street trainer. Someone that talked, wanted me to talk about that, but that's another podcast. Yeah, that would be just talking about free shaping in general. Yeah. The treat trainer, we did talk about free shaping a little bit. The treat trainer is a way to free shape and reward. Without us. Indirectly. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not there in the picture. So, for example, you put down the treat trainer. Like we say, yeah. It is a treat trainer. It's a machine that dispenses treat. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much a machine that I press a button that, like, I have a little remote. It beeps and dispenses her kibble. Like three, four pieces. So it has its own yes with the beep. Yeah. So you initially your first session is beep yes or not. Like the beep beep is beep beep food. food. Press the button food. Press the button food. And she made that association. And then sometimes I would begin to create gaps of time of like 
me dispensing the food and she would get frustrated. It was the cutest thing, like, you guys. She's like, she would what do start I do? Beating the machine up. Like beating it up, barking at it. And but then, then eventually... if I saw her like lay down or go for a sit and back off of the tree trainer, I would mark it. If her nose was you where You would press the button yeah. and it would beep and beep yeah. her. So then I started like being like, you could cycle through all these behaviors, but I'm not going to reward you for the bad ones. But yeah. when I see a behavior I like, and then it even expanded where she would walk over and smell her dog bed and I wasn't pressing. And then when her, she smelled her dog bed, I would beep. Then she would move away from the machine, like turn her back towards it, move to her dog bed, lay down, beep, she goes get Yeah, you started doing that with the crate first and then we moved yeah. it to the bed. There's a video of it on the crate. Yeah. So the idea is maybe like we'll do share the first podcast and some of the graphics, share this one, and then those videos yeah. kind of that explain I have a lot of show. videos, yeah. And it's cool, too, because I feel like essentially that's a little bit of teaching her how to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I can do that. I can be the treat trainer now mm-hmm. and do that with her in sessions where I just wait for her to yeah. offer me something and I mark it. You get free shape it. Like sometimes to start a session, I'll sit there and wait for the eye contact. She's really good at that now. And she'll like sit and look at you. And then I'm like, yes. I'm excited to see what that turns into in her adulthood. I -hmm. hope it's not like an annoying thing where I'm always going to be running around you offering behaviors. No, I hope it's, hey, I'm attentive. And if you're attentive towards me too, and you're trying to engage with me, like I'm all ears. Tell me what to do. I'll listen. Right? Yeah. We don't want it to be that obnoxious. Like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to like. You'll get that. But then that's where, like, the leash training. The way that we live with her. Yeah, exactly. The way you kind of live with her. And that's where, like, having that freedom time of, like, do whatever you want. And during her freedom time, honestly, I'm not playing with her too much. Like, it's her running around the house and me resetting her. Yeah. And she's kind of, like, left to her own devices. And if she's making wrong choices, I'm telling her no. And that's also why X-Pen time and indirect rewards, like, the treat trainer or like um a treat puzzle or something are important because like it's not to always yeah to kind of just like not you make, make a, you make an obsessive it. dog yeah. if you were always mm-hmm. doing sessions with food yeah so this is i think you can wrap it up by saying this is the better life better dog experience yeah and we're just doing it with our own puppy yeah like it's kind of really i wanted to do a whole bunch of different stuff but then at the same time i was like this is just kind of how built I a system with my dog yeah yeah i wanted to try different things like, be like clickers and this kind of thing or this kind of thing but our system yeah. is solid yeah i i honestly believe in it i'm also mm-hmm. a novice i've never worked under someone mm-hmm. else but you've built it to mm-hmm. work yeah it does work it does That's work. why I don't need to explore other things because it works. Yeah, I was like, I don't need to fix it right now or like explore other avenues and make Birdie a project so much. And like, because that's when a dog kind of become neurotic, whereas all, I see tons of trainers do this. Yeah. Where they're jumping from this avenue to that saw avenue. That Gemini. Yeah. Her owner. Where like, if you're trying too many different things and you're not on an even keel of like, this is the straight and nor- this narrow path. This is my plan. This I'm is my training plan. Like, yeah. quite literally. If you don't stick to your training plan, like you could, that's how a dog becomes neurotic. Yeah. Right. What is going to get it? Yeah. Because I don't know Mm -hmm. what you're going to reward and how you're going to reward it. So we'll come back. We might have a podcast in between about some other things. We're going to wrap it up here. Griffin's Griffin's giving us the off the air cue. Um, So (laughs) round of applause to Griffin for sleeping through that. We'll come back, talk about the 12 weeks to 16 weeks and how we really address the final phases of the critical period and what those entail like exposure getting her out in public people other dogs and that kind of stuff um handling you know we'll talk about socialization is the name of the game there so thank you guys for tuning in thanks for being here if you have any questions dm us on sweet we did two hours worth awesome all right thanks everybody have a good day